Hey, get your hands off that. I was just moving it. I wasn't going to drink it. Bet your little booty you wasn't. You want a beer, you get your own beer. What's this? Monopoly. No, this. 245s and a Mac 10. It's this total macho trip, Dad. Just ignore it. Where'd they come from? Captain Ron traded the grills for him. Yeah, I thought we ought to have them, boss, because, you know, we're getting into pirate waters here pretty quick. What pirates? Pirates of the Caribbean. Been to Disney World one too many times, have we, Captain Ron? It's true, Dad. They come up on you on high-speed boats. You know, I don't believe I've ever been to Disney World. Oh, really? I've been to Dollywood. Hello, hello. I'm Katie, and welcome to Retromade, your pop culture rewind. Today, we're going to travel back to September 1992 for the adventure comedy Captain Ron. And as always, we will touch on all of the other happenings of the time in the time capsule. I am so happy to be joined by my lovely friend, Shannon Skalka, today. Shannon, a true product of the 80s with her members-only jacket to prove it, is one of my best boozy brunching buddies. But she decided to move away last year, so I'm thrilled to welcome her on RetroMade from afar. Shannon, thank you for uh, joining me today. Yes, hello, Katie. Thank you for having me. Very excited to dive back into 92. Well, let's get right into it by opening the time capsule from September of 1992. We There's some pretty good TV. So this is uh, the season 92 to 93. And so for Nielsen rating, the top shows, number one, I feel like almost always is Roseanne. Did you watch Roseanne or do you still watch yes. Roseanne? Watch Roseanne. My parents would tape it, videotape it, and then mark on the tape, in pen on tape, Roseanne. Yeah. Created a whole library nice. of old nice. Roseanne episodes. It really is a good show. I still watch it, like to fall asleep to. Um, then we have Home Improvement, Murphy Brown, Murder She Wrote, Coach, Cheers, of, of course, yeah. Full House, TGIF, baby, Full House. And then the last one is Northern Exposure. Did you ever watch that or do you recall anything from it? I recall it. Uh, was it about like in Alaska and they, it was it's like a John that he on CBS, right? Oh, God, you remember the network even. I believe you're correct. And yes, it's a fictional town in Alaska, and it's John Corbett, apparently. I vaguely remember watching this, but don't really remember anything from it. But yeah, that's Northern Exposure. My parents might have had it on, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a show we watched. A big one. Yeah, yeah. It, I probably was not in the top shows. Maybe this is its only season that it eked in the top 10. But then we have some really notable finales that weren't necessarily in the top shows. But the gold, this is the Golden Girls last season. It's one of my favorite shows ever. It is. And I remember, I remember the final episode, Dorothy marries Blanche's uncle, which seemed odd to me that her uncle was still alive now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, I remember that episode. And it was Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen who played him right yes it was did you watch growing pains 
I feel like that epitomizes like my childhood to some yeah, degree. Yeah, I can probably still sing the song. I loved Growing Pains. You know, we were more of like you were mentioning Coach. That was a big one with my in our household. Mm-hmm. Murphy Brown, Monday Nights, yep. Murphy Brown. I could probably name every night that those shows were on because we set our schedule by the shows. It's so different now where you don't have to yeah. you don't have to be in front of your TV at eight o'clock on Tuesday night to watch Roseanne. You know, you can stream it, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so yeah, you, you would set your watch by what shows were on that that evening. Good memory. I don't think I could. Re- I just have such a terrible memory. But that is a good point. Even now, I mean, my brain is mush anyway. But when I'm telling someone about a show or just at brunch or with whoever, we're like, oh, have you seen blah, blah, blah show? And they'll be like, what streamer is it on? And I'm like, I don't I don't remember. Like, I can't even recall which show is on which streamer. Yeah. So this is not well, helping those, matters. Those were shows. There was like four networks. I mean, it was going to be ABC, CBS, mm-hmm. NBC or PBS. So it was one of those. You didn't have to say, oh, it's on Netflix, but it's also on Freebie. Or if you have a Roku, you could probably catch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You either had the stations where you well, didn't have you and, didn't have it. And Fox, Fox comes into play mm-hmm. around this time, which we'll get into uh, a show that wasn't on very long. Also, oh, my God, the Salute Your Shorts. It was their final year. Who's the Boss? Night Court, Cosby Show, all of those. MacGyver. All of those. This is their final year. So it's. I feel like this is like turning from like the 80s into okay. the 90s, even though this is 92. Like there's a clear shift in the type of show. Yeah. Um. Also, the young writers. Did you ever watch that TV show? The young writers. It was no. like What's set that? in Old West. No. Um. Yeah, it was Cowboys. It was like the Pony Express. And there were some good-looking, good-looking men. Josh Brolin was in it, as an example. Mm-hmm. So kind of like a young gun spinoff. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar esque to that. But yes. So, um, talking about kind of turning the ship from the '80s into the '90s, the shows that premiered this season. So Golden Girls ended, but Golden Palace began. Yes. Uh, I actually only watched that like pretty recently. It's not nearly as good as no, it's the not Golden the Girls. Same. I think it was only on its season two or like one or two. Correct. Seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it did have like Cheech Marin and who was the hotel manager who's like really famous now, but at the time he wasn't. It's going to bother me. It is Don Cheadle. Don, that's right. Oh my gosh. Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think that he's yeah. like, um, he was that age that he could be in a show. I didn't realize he was up that up that far in years. I mean, he was pretty young. He like was managing the hotel. But yeah, Don Cheadle, Golden Palace. Okay. Do you remember The Height? Is that a all? Fox show? It was a music. Oh. Yes. Yes, it was. And it lasted for less than a season. You will. okay. it was a musical drama. It only lasted for a partial season on Fox. And the theme to it went to number one on the billboards by one of the cast members, Jamie Walters. How do you talk to an angel? Do you remember that? To an angel. Yes. Yes. 
I well, that was that. from this TV show. And Jamie Walters, wasn't he on 90210 as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Like in the later years. Yeah. Yes. And then I the real world this. started this uh, year. And that would have been real world New York or, or LA. What was mm-hmm. the very first one? New York? Season one. Season one was New York. And that was like with the cast with um, Heather B. That mm-hmm. was. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. So. Wow. That was like 30 years ago. <laughs> That's crazy town. Picket Fences is another show that I like kind of have like vaguely. It it premiered this year. Um remember that a little bit? remembers the show. I don't remember. So it's a David E. Kelly drama that I I didn't recall that. Or I at the time, obviously, I didn't really care who directed or produced things. But it was with Tom Skerritt, Kathy Baker, Lauren Holly, Holly Marie Combs. I think it was another one of those dramas, probably on ABC. I think it was CBS. Okay, that's probably right. I can't believe you remember. You have such a good memory of that. <laughs> we, had, uh, we had four stations that we could choose from because we, we were not lucky enough to have cable, to have a satellite dish. Uh, so you, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really had to open up your, um, open up your options if you wanted to be entertained that evening. That that evening, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh. So do you remember California Dreams? It was basically like a lesser version of Saved by the Bell. I, I can sing the opening song. It. Loved California Dreams. Sir, you did? Oh, my. Laid back. Sky of sand below. Good vibrations. Feeling mellow. Loved that show. It was a little bit more of a sophisticated. Oh, God. Saved by the Bell. They were more okay, okay. I think the characters. It wasn't the mm. gu- bubblegum pop. Um, I think that the, mm-hmm. the problems were a bit more serious, more teen-oriented, where Saved by the Bell was geared toward four-year-olds to 24-year-olds in college um, who were just waking yeah. up that morning. Yeah. yeah, so, but I loved California Dreams. What about Melrose Place? Melrose Place, yeah. You know, I didn't get into Melrose Place until I was in college. Because we didn't have Fox. Oh. And I didn't get Fox. Fox wasn't one of the. No. It didn't? Why? That's weird. I'm. We're in Nebraska in 1992. (laughs) We we have Fox. I watched all the Fox shows. So you didn't get to watch like Married with Children or anything then either. It was not until I was older. Or at my grandparents' house. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We could watch my grandparents' had satellite. Had a satellite dish, mm-hmm. um, and so we could watch it over there. So I do remember watching some episodes of Married with Children, but I don't think we actually—I really got into it too much. Interesting. Okay, Melrose was a—that was like an ooh show, like right. That was appointment TV for sure. And then some of the other TV shows. This is very reminiscent of '90s now. Martin hanging yep. with Mr. Cooper, Mad right. About You, like. Yeah, so we we have completely closed the door on the 80s and we're full on into the 90s now. Early 90s, which we'll get into now, the music of 92, the specific week of September 18th, that week, 1992. It's very early 90s. The number one song is It's the End. 
end of the road. Boys to men. Boys to men. Apparently, it was from the movie Boomerang. I don't really recall it being from that movie, but Boys to yeah. Men, boy, the early 90s were it for them. Oh, yeah. They they represented the early 90s. I think every song that mm-hmm. they put out was platinum, number one on the Billboard charts. Every Saturday, you listen to yep. Rick D's in the Weekly Top 40, and they would be on there. That just opened a memory for me when we would uh, drive, I don't know, like two hours away to wherever, like a relative's house for a holiday or whatever. On Sundays, if it was on a Sunday, Casey Kasem's show. Uh, did you ever listen to that on well, the radio? Well, the time like, people would, people would yeah. ride in and they would be like these yeah. human interest stories and he would get really serious <laughs> and when he was reading them. Almost like the guy who did, and now you know the rest of the story, he would sign up. And then he'd jump right into, and now it's locomotion. <laughs> <laughs> locomotion. Yeah. Yeah. Do you or have any? Le- <laughs> Great movie, by the way. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to work that in somehow uh, into a season. The number two song is also like this album was everything baby 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 by tlc my mom had that cd and i would steal it any chance I your got. mom had that cd your yeah, mother yeah yeah they don't have good music um but i remember like the cover of that cd and everything mm-hmm. baby, baby, yep me too baby, baby. yeah no, you're thinking of Amy Grant. I'm Amy Grant, but she did have TLC. Come a few bars of baby, baby, baby. Baby, baby, baby. Yeah. Baby, baby. That's right. Yeah. Oh, wow. TLC. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another great one. Yeah. The men TLC. and the women on the, you know, battling for number one. Oh, my God. That's true. And it's all, there's so much like boy band, girl band at this time. Or group, not necessarily, they weren't a band. The number three song is by Bobby Brown, Humping Around. Not nearly the, the hit that I, li- no. I liked. Um, my my prerogative. Prerogative. Prerogative, yeah. Me too, I did too. I yeah. liked Bobby Brown, but I wasn't like dying to get his albums or anything. No. Uh, I am so, I do not know the number four song. I even looked it up. Never heard of it. The song is called Stay. The artist is Shakespeare's sister. Sister. Um, Do you know? I love that song. I love that song. I encourage you to watch the video because it is weird. But the song. Um, it's super just, weird. The ghostly white short haired yes. girl. Yeah, I watched it, but I didn't like and it at all. Like at all. Up, I thought that the two women singing were the same woman but now as an adult and seeing that video i realize that it's two different women um mm. with me. <laughs> yeah really it's terrible it. i hate it I, I i didn't like i didn't like it and i also don't recall it at like yeah. zero memory of it at all i, I remember you know it and i remember um years ago i was thinking about it and it was like god what was the name of the group and i kept typing in twisted sister which is a totally different 
genre of music. Very different. Very yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, TikTok um, brought me, you know, a For Your page. And it was that song. I was like, this is the song that I loved when I was little. And I love that song. But the video is very, mm. very different. Strange. Mm-hmm. Number five on the Billboard Top 10 is one of my, it's probably in my top 10 of all time songs. November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Another fantastic the video, video for this is spec- spectacular. It's it's a work of art. Um, it is a work of art. I it's like twelve love- minutes long. Oh yeah, and Slash uh, that really set the stage for what type of man I was attracted to with Slash, where he's playing the guitar yeah. in a field and like the wind's blowing his shirt open, you can't see his. His face, because his hair is covering him. He's got his top hat on. You can on. never see his face. Cigarette hanging out yeah. of his mouth. Oh, that was uh-huh. it for me. Oh, yeah. I liked both Axel and Slash. I That video did it for me. Let me tell you what. I loved it. When I look into your eyes, I can see love restrained. was a story it was yeah it was like a movie and stephanie seymour was she the model in it or the the bride yes she was and she and axel were like boyfriend girlfriend at the time and i think i, I think. read somewhere yeah. yeah they were and i think i read somewhere that like life was imitating art for them at that time that they were having problems and the video they were shooting mm. the video at the same time they were having these these issues and she might have see that she might have tried to hurt herself Around the same time as the video. I don't, you know what? I don't want anybody to attach any oh. legitimacy to that Ooh. statement. So with you, I need to be liable. Also, um, I wanted her dress I, when I was little. I And I was like, well, when I grow up and get married, I want to wear a wedding dress like that. Like, they're super short in front. Short. Yeah. And I like a high yeah. low. Like, she was the Yeah. Like, the back the was long. Yes. The mullet dress. She was yeah. beautiful too. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, uh, he was very good looking as well. And mm-hmm, uh, then somebody mm-hmm. got a hold of him and convinced him that seventeen surgeries in one year on your face is a good idea. But poor guy. I think they were just in Denver performing. I think they were just in Denver mm-hmm. too. They were. Yeah. Yeah, they were recently. I wonder what that shows. Uh, Patty Smith has the number six song with Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough. What a what a lovely song that was. I don't remember that song. You do. You definitely do. Is it a country song? Yeah, I can't sing it. I can't sing it. No, but it's like soft. It's soft. I don't know what genre I would put it in. Um, the opposite yeah. of the next song, which is House of Pain's Jump Around. Um, junior high dances that i remember liking yep junior yep for sure i do not like this song or artist the number eight is just another day by john cicada or cicada i hated him i never liked that genre of like i didn't like seal john cicada like any of that kind of stuff i didn't like it i I don't either and i don't know if i know the song but if you're describing it correctly then i'm not a fan either 
but Elton John has the number nine song with The One, which is not a super recognizable. Like, you definitely know it. You definitely know it once you hear it. But it's yeah. not like one of... I don't ever think of it when I'm thinking of Elton John songs. And then the number 10 song, we've covered this band before, and I don't recall ever hearing of them. Have you heard of the band High Five? It's a boy group. Yeah, maybe. It's like... um. It's like a knockoff of Boys to Men. The song is called She's Playing Hard to Get, but it's nope. it's basically like, yeah, uh, a poor man's Boys to Men. And the video Great value Boys to Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The generic version. <laughs> but the video is pretty awesome in that it encompasses 1992 like the outfits the style of video it is everything about uh -huh. it is very 1992 so there's not really a lot of like interesting news or events from september of 92 but john mellencamp got married to his third wife he was 40 she was 23 she was a model her name's elaine irwin and they got divorced in 2011 yeah what about it is surprising uh, well, then it didn't last. <laughs> oh, you're being facetious. <laughs> well, it lasted a fair amount. I mean, more than like when did a year, you say they got yeah. And it was his third wife. Oh, 2011. Oh, you're right. They were married for quite a I should be yeah. my telling. But I mean, it was his third wife. I don't know if he's gotten married again since then. Is he still dating Meg Ryan or is that old news? I don't know if he is or not. They and, were dating and, for a minute. Yeah, they were dating. I don't know if they are or not. I listened to well, his daughter's podcast, but she's never, the podcast I've listened to, she's never talked about Meg Ryan. Granted, I haven't listened to that many. Okay. I didn't yeah. know his daughter had a podcast, but you know what? That's not surprising. Literally everyone has a podcast. Stallone's daughters have one too. Uh, yeah. So Captain Ron was actually the number seven movie at the theaters during this month. There's some really good ones. Sneakers, which I don't know. I've not seen that. It's like a spy movie. It's not about shoes. I've never seen it. I, so it is a spy movie. And who's in it? Do, why am I thinking that Brad Pitt is in it? I don't. Yeah, um, or Tommy Lee no, Jones. You're thinking of something else. Yeah, maybe. I can't recall. Yeah. I yeah. But Honeymoon in Vegas. Great movie. Love Unforgiven. That movie. Oh, Unforgiven's another good one. Single. Yeah. Single white female. Mm -hmm. I adored this movie for some weird reason. It was it seemed so different at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. wow, this is something brand new. And, uh, yeah, I really liked that movie. Mm -hmm. Sinister. hints of Fatal Attraction in it. Um, Very much except so. Except it was roommate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a good movie. Sister Act. That was a good one. Which is really good. It's really yeah. good. My grandparents then, had that tape. That was one that we felt safe watching at their house. Like, we knew that nothing was going to be mm. embarrassing. We watched a lot of Sister Act at my grandparents' house. I feel like we maybe had that one taped, too. We had Single White Female taped, I'm pretty sure, as well. The Last of the Mohicans, 
which I remember being a big movie, but I don't recall a single thing about it. I don't know if I ever watched it, but I remember, I think he won, like, he always won an Academy Award. It didn't matter. He could be making yeah. about what he and he'd probably win. But um, Madeline Indeed. Stowe, who was kind of a 90s yeah. actress, and then, you know, she mm-hmm. the millennium in, she faded off into the distance. Um, but, but then I, she came back with that revenge show. Did oh, she watched revenge? revenge with her in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that show? I didn't watch that show. Oh, well, Stowe. are you thinking of the lady from shh. Dances with Wolves? Maybe I'm wrong. It was Madeline Stowe in Madeline Revenge Stowe. Okay. as like the rich wife. I forget what her name is. Anyway, this next movie I recently rewatched because it's like Halloween-y. It's so good. Death Becomes Her. Do you remember that one, There's... Shannon? Who With... keeps uh... calling? Helen <laughs> and Mad and Hell. It's our Meryl Streep and our Goldie Kurt Hans. Russell's lovely lady, Goldie Hawn. And Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. It's so yes. good. It's, I mean, I probably watch it at least once every six months. And that was when we saw, I saw in the movie theater. I think my aunt took us um, to see it. But we, I actually saw it. Oh, I didn't in see it in the theater. theater. Oh, yeah. Great. It's great. one of those where there's a lot, like, a lot would be lost on children, I feel like. It, it's, <laughs> it's a quick, quick-witted one. Mm-hmm. And then A League of Their Own was a big movie release oh a league of their own yep love that movie too i love a league of of their own and actually there was a tv show that they made into or they made they made a tv show from the movie that was short-lived of a league of their own Mm -hmm. sorry i feel like we are i feel like there might be a touch of a delay so then the last movie that was a big release for september of 92 is pet cemetery 2 Terrible movie. I don't recall it. I liked the first one. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. even though they're it was, they're yeah, stupid. It, it was awful. It was terrible. Edward Furlong. The only thing that was good about that movie was mm-hmm. Edward Furlong. Before Edward Furlong hit the skit, um, he was in that movie. He certainly was. Okay, I do have a few last questions for you before we jump into the movie. Just to kind of get your impressions of Kurt and Patrick. So this season of Retromade is dedicated to who I call the ultimate everyman, both Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. Do you have any thoughts or fandom to share about either of them? Growing up, I think that for me, Patrick Swayze was way more recognizable simply because I saw Dirty Dancing at the tender age of eight, eight or nine. And mm-hmm. then Ghost, what was that, approximately 1990, maybe 91? Uh, yep. Yeah, and I don't think I became aware of Kurt Russell as much. I think I knew who he was. You know, my folks would maybe have, like, what was it, Big Trouble in Little China on. And, and oh, I love it. that, yes. Yeah, they might have that on. But when I saw Overboard in college, uh, one of my friends on my floor, where are you know, where we lived in, in Centennial Towers East, and that and I borrowed Ooh. and I was like, what is this movie that I'm just now seeing? Kurt Russell is amazing in this movie and he is every man in this movie. So since that, 
time. I think that for me, it still remains Patrick Swayze just because I have such eyes to him from my childhood. Unfortunately, he was taken from us way too soon. Who knows what he might have done, mm-hmm. um, you know, now. But correctly, you don't really see him in anything. I think he was in um, a Tarantino movie, like, oh gosh, like The Hateful Eight or something like that. I could be wrong. But other than that, he, is. he probably doesn't have to work. Uh, so he's just like, I'm just going to enjoy No, he's my in charm. like a series. He's he in like some series, but it's, yeah, they're like, um, and he's in some of the Marvel movie, like he's in like Fast and Furious movie, like stuff that I oh. wouldn't watch now. Like I have zero interest in the Fast and Furious 20 or yeah. like so it's, he's in, I want to say it's like Monsters of the Something. It's on one of the streamers. It's a show that I would have zero interest in watching, but he is in that some Marvel. And, and, you, and you said he's in Marvel too, um, which does not surprise me because his son, Wyatt yeah. is like the new Captain America or something. They have Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Winter, no, I'm sorry. Winter Soldier and the Falcon. He was in like I mean, his son was in. So well, they're in does. this TV show together. It's going to bother me now. It's like it starts with an M. Huh. He's, I think he's a great actor. I think comedic, you know, a comedic actor. He's very funny. Again, Captain Ron and overboard are the two movies that i if somebody said kurt russell that's what i think of yep uh, overboard i can't oh you missed out in your childhood not having seen that um until college no. but it, it's monarch legacy of the monsters is the tv show so What's it like, on? i have what zero interest in that mm. apple tv maybe apple tv okay. interesting think- going back to your original question yeah patrick swayze will always hold a place in my heart um, for for those movies. Roadhouse, you know, that was another great oh. one. That Yeah, really good one. Oh my gosh, The Outsiders. Forgot about that. Probably one of his first movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, yeah, I really like The Outsiders. What else? Yeah, yeah. That's where he stands. Yeah, Red, Red Dawn, Tu Wong Fu. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think what's kind of filled in in between there. Yeah. Well... My next question is, I ask everyone this, do you think that Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell look at all alike? No. Do you? Very much so. You're the first, probably one of the few, so I haven't had a lot of women on most, and it is one of those things, a a lot of women very much think that they look alike. They have a similar like bone facial structure. They're both incredibly handsome, strong jawline masculine they're both every man their hair is similar i mean not in captain ron (laughs) but maybe now that you're saying this and i'm picturing them both in my head it's not a correlation i would have made if somebody hadn't you know put it it out there but i guess you're right yeah Mm -hmm. when you put them side by side they could probably play brothers yes that's what i want (laughs) to happen like dalton dalton side by side with um uh, what, what was what was Kurt's name in um, Overboard? Uh, Prophet. Dean Prophet. Dean. Dean. Yes. So Dalton and Dean. I want that okay. movie. Please. Yes. Okay. Let's get into the movie. K. 
Captain Ron, September 18th. 1992 it's pg-13 now it's an hour and 40 minutes but i really thought it was way longer it seemed i kept pausing did you think so i'm like yeah like i was like when is this movie done they they kept pausing to see how much time was left and when it said 45 minutes i was like really what else are they what what other storyline can they drag into this i mean what is going to happen I completely agree with you, Katie, that that movie did drag on. Probably could have been an hour and got the same point. Well, but, but that's why it's shocking. It's, it was only an hour and 40 minutes, apparently, but it seemed really so long. much longer than that. There, really was, there was a lot packed into it. The IMDb rating was a 5.8. Our director here is Tom Eberhardt. And he also directed uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. And without a clue. And he was also one of the writers for Captain Ron. The other writer is John Dwyer, known for this movie. And it's like a newer, newer series, Confessions of a Serial Killer. The music, which I didn't take like special note of as I was watching it, as I sometimes do, it didn't blow me away. Uh, but it was Nicholas Pike, who is an English composer. Known for a lot of TV work and the shows that he's known for will make sense that it, that he was on Captain Wrong. So there was apparently a miniseries for the sh- like The Shining miniseries, not the movie. Also, Tales from the Crypt. Well, don't you, wait, don't you remember was... we talked to we talked about um, going back to the Shining miniseries? I don't want to get too off track, but um, we the when we stayed at the hotel in Estes. Um, Stanley, Stanley. Stanley. That's where they shot the second uh-huh. one. The first one, the movie, was shot somewhere out in like New England, like Maine or something like. So the the mini series, which oh. the guy from Wings, Stephen Weber, Rebecca De Mornay were in it. They shot that one, and it was like a. This was an event in my life. That's why I know this. I loved it. I taped it. I was a senior in high school. Watched it over and over. Um, but that I never shot. saw it. It's re- it's much more aligned with the book because Stephen King, I think, had a lot more. Um, input and uh, he did a lot more with this like they consulted him on on it um, to make mm, it more that's right yeah comparative to the book versus the the movie with Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall um, but again they shot it at the actual Stanley Hotel which is much smaller in scale than the one that they shot the first one in. but yeah I do recommend you watch it because we were there we you know you'll re- if you can remember when we went there it was only few years ago you'll be like oh my mm-hmm. gosh i remember that lobby and i remember that ballroom and i remember the bar mm-hmm. that they showed us mm-hmm. cool. yeah we did a tour of it and stayed there i we didn't get haunted though uh we, we have did a not friend. stay uh, in that special room no so but our friend i won't name names to protect the innocent but our friend the other blonde oh yeah she swears <laughs> yep, up and down yep. the shit <laughs> yeah she does with steps or something above us i'm like we're in a hotel. We're of course there's people above us. Yeah, uh, there's people staying above us. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not convincing her. She she had an otherworldly experience. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. I had forgotten about that. God, it's a good thing that you're around sometimes because my memory is total shit. Yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 I will have to watch that. I know. I know. I don't remember things. Uh, um. Also, Tales from the, cl- the Crypt, he led the band on the Bonnie Hunt show. 
He did music videos for Michael Jackson's Ghost, You Rock My World, and some MC Hammer videos and Will Smith's Wild Wild West. So you, like, that kind of tells a story of like the type of music that he does. But so that's yeah. Nicholas Pike. We have our lovely everyman, Kurt Russell, in a very different role for him, playing Captain Ron. What did you think when you saw him? When um, you were introduced to him? Yes, absolutely. You know, this is a movie that I watched when I was 12. Uh, when it came out, I remember my grand seeing at my grandparents' house because they had a satellite dish. I so I wasn't surprised by his appearance. In fact, I more so imagine him as, you know, the long dingy hair because that's who he played in um Overboard. I don't know if I necessarily would think of him in any other way than the long scruffy hair and the open shirt or the the tank because those are the movies that that I am familiar with. When you say, "Oh, this is a quite different role for him," that I find I I can't consign myself to simply because these are the mm. movies I've seen. Him in. I couldn't see him in a dramatic role. Oh, maybe Swing Time. I think he, he was in Swing Time, right? But I don't, yeah. Anyway, um, when I first saw him, I thought he looked. Good. Right, you know, they had him painted up a little red, too red. The makeup, like like he's been sun tanned, sun like sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He looked like he had an, he was on fire internally, like which is really red. <laughs> but, oh my yeah. god, this is so very interesting, Shannon. Because the reason I you're right, like so, it's not his hair. He's wearing a really horrible wig. It's bad hair, and he has a dad bod. He's usually must oh, dad bod, mm-hmm. nice nicer looking, but this. Every other movie that we've covered Kurt in, he's very handsome and you, like, I'm very attracted to him, but not, <laughs> this is the first movie that I'm not attracted to him in. Well, we're, we're, are the movies that you're comparing him to when he was younger? Because, like, he's middle-aged in this movie. This is 1992, you know, so he's got to be, like, I would say late 30s, early 40s, right? So having a dad bod would, would not be, you know, something that is surprising to me. I mean, he's never been super, super buff. He's he's never been like cu- by that. I mean, cut, um, like Swayze was cut, like okay, very, yeah. you know, um. But like, I mean, we've covered things from literally like 1980 to well, the most recent one, like Tango and Cash, um, Overboard, The Thing, um, Backdraft. I'm trying to think some other Kurt. I just covered Tombstone that the time of this recording will have already been out. Um, so, and he's, yeah, middle, I guess I have no problem with him being middle-aged, especially at that time. I think a lot of guys, which is sucks for us because they look better when they're like middle, like these really hunky, handsome Hollywood stars okay. look good in their forties and fifties a lot of the time. So he's very, and he's got those eyes, it, all yeah, Kurt Russell and everything else he does is very handsome. Well, for- in this movie, he has an eye, not the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, that was what I took note of. I was like, I don't, this is the first time I'm not jumping at Kurt Russell. Yeah, and I just have never, I've never seen him in a movie where he's been a, a sex object or a sex symbol, so... It didn't huh. surprise me. What surprised me was the makeup that they had on his chest, like I said. Um, 
he just looked he looked very red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's supposed to be sun bum. He looked like he just walked out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Short plays Martin Harvey. And Mary Kay Place ha- Mary Kay Place plays his wife. Say that a few times. Um, Catherine Harvey and she everyone knows who she is yeah even if you don't you can't like place her name but she's known for like the big chill being John Malkovich and she was actually Emmy nominated for her uh, long-running guest role in Big Love did you ever see that show yes I think uh, were, were we in our like Early, early 20s when that show was on. It was about um, poly, polygamy. Poly, yeah, polygamy. And I did not know she was in that, but she was also in Sweet Home Alabama. She she played a mother in yep. that movie. Very different looking kind of mother than she plays in this yes. movie. Mm-hmm. And here's a fun that I knew about Mary Kay Place. She directed an episode of Friends. Really? Yeah. Good tidbit. I, I like that. Yeah. Just one-off. A one-off, huh? Just a one-off. Uh, a one-off episode. And it's a pretty... I mean, it's a good episode. It's the the list. The one... It's season two. The one where... Ross, Ross makes a list, list about the things wrong. Yes, with Rachel and uh, Julie. Um, you know, Julie. Julie home, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She directed that episode, which, you don't know, Like, that's just kind of out of left field. But whatever. It's a great episode. She did a good job. Indeed. So then the kid... In this, I love that this movie, it's a pretty small cast. Sometimes there's um, such a big cast of characters, it's hard to keep everybody straight. But this is short and sweet. Benjamin Salisbury plays the 11-year-old Ben Harvey. And this is pre-The Nanny, but that's he's most known for playing Brighton in The Nanny. And I gotta say, this kid, I don't typically like kid actors. I... But he was really good in this. Yeah. Like, and kind Not, of an adorable little, yeah. Doesn't overdo it, um, but isn't, you know, stiff and, you know, shouldn't be on screen. I agree with you. I thought he did a really good job. Fun, fun character. Indeed. Meadow Sisto. Meadow Sisto. That doesn't sound right, but it is. It's right. <laughs> she plays Carol and she's. She's the 16-year-old daughter, and she's well-known. However, she is the sister of Jeremy Sisto. Of clueless fame. Yes, of clueless fame, yes. Elton. 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 Shine Lagronio plays General Armando. He's not really well-known. And then we have Paul Anka playing the yacht dealer. Did you? Then is I'm looking at him and I'm yeah. like, who is that guy? That's Tall Paul. Paul Anka. Is Paul Anka still with? Us? I didn't know he was. Mm. Oh, I'm not sure. He, yeah, he was a crooner back in the day. He had some hits. Maybe not t- Tall Paul. Maybe the Shelley Fabray song Tall Paul, or or maybe it's not for the show. Anyway, about him, but I. I know he was like famous, you know, back in the 50s yeah. and 60s, right? Yeah. He was. And actually, um, little piece of trivia, when the Harveys at the end of the movie, when they pull in, like they're about to pull into Miami and, yeah. and Paul Anka's there, there's one of the boats 
that is being stacked is called My Way, which was actually the name of Paul Anka's biggest, one of his biggest hit, sung by Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, yeah. Among others, yeah. Yep. So that's the cast. This movie lost money. <laughs> its budget was $24 million with a box office of $22.5 million. So that's rough. Yeah. Overall impressions, favorite scenes, memories watching. What do you, well, start us off, Shannon. Well, again, my palette when it comes to movies has changed since I was 12. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> sophisticated. So this is a movie that we, we watched over and over um, at my grandparents' house when it was on one of the showtimes. I remember that. Uh, when I was watching it um, again, there was some laugh out loud moments, specifically involving Martin Short's physical kind of slapstick comedy where he would fall off the boat and make some sort of surprise sound. I did laugh out loud. I, for whatever reason, I thought him calling Captain Ron moron was very clever. <laughs> uh, you know, so I laughed out loud at those um, scenes. I mean, I love Martin Short. I remember his Saturday Night Live days. I remember him as um, at Grimley and other movies from the 80s and 90s that he was in. And now he's found... Re renewed fame in only murders in the building um and so i do like martin short a lot i think he's he's just a very very funny man uh but again the movie was i was like god when is this movie gonna end it's so long it's like the titanic you know it, it, it was, <laughs> it's like half, <laughs> half the film runtime but yeah it's it somehow was, felt long coming like a two-box set like the titanic movie did like, <laughs> <laughs> um Again, there were laugh out loud parts, but is it something that I would watch over and over? No, I think that then I think that watching it for this show was probably the last time I will see that movie voluntarily. <laughs> wow, I think I enjoyed it a little more. I actually don't recall. I know I have seen it before, but as as we're well aware by now, Katie has a bad memory, so it was as if I was watching it again for the first time. Uh. I love that it was the opening part was set in Chicago. I love movies set yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Just the whole premise is so like early 90s, like movie making. But I was in for it in that, like, can you imagine as either an 11 year old or a 16 year old, like a 45 day sailing adventure during the school year with your family? And they didn't go home. That's the whole premise. I mean, I hate, I'm trying not, mm -hmm. not trying to give the ending away, but they didn't go Spoiler home. alert. Spoiler alert. These kids were not being put back into school. And everybody lived happily ever after. But you said this is the quintessential 90s movie. I was thinking that exact same thing, like the rich aunt or uncle who nobody knew, didn't have any kids, leaves, leaves you know, this um, adult person either a house or a boat or some sort of fortune. That's the premise or setup of, of a lot of these 90s mm -hmm. movies. And mm -hmm. that's how this one starts off, is how he gets that boat. Yes. And I, so there are a few, the type of comedy that it is, there's a lot of like setups and quick payoffs. So at first, Martin is telling his wife about this and she's like, are you kidding you know, they're they're kind of stuffy people like they're 
upper middle class suburban Chicago. Like they both have careers. And she's like, that no. First of all, we'll be spontaneous when we have time. So that's like the type of people that that they are. And then they it's set up for us that nothing that anybody does or says will change my mind. In walks the 16-year-old daughter. I'm engaged. And then cut to, like that's the thing, cut to them in Saint Pomme de Terre. Saint Potato. Saint Potato. <laughs> yep. And the the boat. So obviously it's not the picture that he received. It's like super run down. And over the course of their adventure, of course, they're fixing it up, polishing it up, making it look nice. And I don't think obviously I don't know anything about boats, but it seems like it's two separate boats, even in the style of boat. Like the first one looked like a tugboat. Uh-huh. Not a sailboat. Did you have that thought at all? Like that the boats didn't even seem like the same type? Absolutely. When she holds up the picture and she, you know, of course, that's the comedic element. She's looking at the picture and mm-hmm. then she's looking at the boat. And it's not. You're right. It looked like a tugboat. It looked like a tugboat that's seen better days. I think it's also mm-hmm. important to mention that this boat was from the Clark Gable estate. Um, oh, good and point. So, yeah. And so that's why the family, oh, this is going to be our our money shot, so to speak, so that we can sell this boat and pay off debt and get out from under our house and things like that. Um, so, of course, again, the 90s comedy is that it's not a beautiful sailboat that they're going to be able to sell. It's a piece of jib. It is. And I forgot to offer a reminder description for those of you who haven't seen this in 30 years. So I will quickly do that now. When Martin and Catherine Harvey and their two children, Carolyn and Ben, inherit a yacht formerly owned by Clark Gable, they embark on a hilarious oceanic adventure sailing through the waters of the Caribbean with help from the dubious yet charming Captain Ron, who leads them into some outrageously wild situations. Their lives will never be the same again. So it's situation after situation after situation, and I think that's why it felt long. Yes, right? a lot of yes, very situational, uh, situational comedy attempts. Mm-hmm. I do quite like so. Ron, Captain Ron, so like I said, there I do appreciate the little payoffs that he does, and I appreciate that he allows himself like he doesn't have a, an ego so big that he won't allow himself to be seen in a silly way, like he doesn't look good. He wears a speedo. Uh, nobody looks good in a speedo. Everyone out there, no one, no one looks good in a speedo. I swear. But um, he gives them. He's very quirky. He immediately meets the family and gives them a different nickname than what their name is. So Marty is boss. Catherine is immediately Kitty. The daughter is somehow Babe. That must have been a thing. And. The little boy is swab, which is a sailor term, right? Yes. Like a low man on the totem pole. Swab the deck. Yeah. They, it's in reference to yeah. you swab the deck here. Yeah. But you said, you know, one thing stood out. You said dubious character. And, and I, I think that was the intention. The director writers to present this 
the present Captain Ron is somebody that maybe can be trusted. I never got that during the movie. I find him to be very likable. I find Martin Short's character to be insecure and jealous, which is, you know, part of the plot line. Um, And that's why he is building up resentment and animosity towards Captain Ron. But I did not think at any point was he there to insert himself into this family unit as the father, as the the captain of the ship and was going to go home with the family and, you know, Martin, the father, could stay in St. Potato. Um, so that's where I, I never found him to be a questionable character that anybody should be wary of. Just kind of That's a, a really idea. good point. I He is, but he gets them lost. He doesn't, like, they're... It's questionable in the eyes of Martin as he writes in his diary. So to you're absolutely right. It's very in that way. Like, what about Bob S? Like he gets <laughs> the unreliable. Gives that vibe. Yes, unreliable narrator. Um, Doctor Leo Marvin is an unreliable narrator because of how he feels about Bob, and that's you're very right that we're getting Martin's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's somewhat unreliable. Yes, but but in a sim like there's a series of mishaps that either shows Martin in a bad way or hurts Martin, but the rest of the family isn't seeing. They're just they're more endeared each mm-hmm. time to Captain Ron. Um and like, yeah, so Marty Martin is getting jealous, like, oh, he's in a speedo standing behind his wife, like teaching her to to drive the boat and, you know, the the son when they get to San Juan is it's like all of Captain Ron has rubbed off on Ben because he shows up to that carnival party and looking like a mini me or mini Ron. <laughs> so it's I just I was like, this is very what about Bobby? But then what what is quite lovely about the movie, they just it needed to be a little tighter, is that that's paid off. Ron <laughs> Captain Ron does do the right thing in seeing that that's what he was unintentionally doing and then he helps martin become the hero absolutely you know in the end so yeah and you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. he does yeah he helps yeah he helps his family and and martin to see himself i think more so martin to see himself in a different way maybe not his family but martin just is given the confidence the ability to be confident because captain ron allows Mm -hmm. yes and over the course, I mean, again, this is very typical of this type of a movie, but there's all these mishaps. It's not what they thought it was going to be. Who, there's this wild and crazy guy. But over the course of their adventure, they do learn how to sail properly, which pays off momentarily when they have to get away from the pirates or their their ship is stolen. So Ron is right. He keeps saying like, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Martin's like, there's no such thing. Cut to their boat being stolen and they're on a raft. They end up in Cuba. So that's then their boat happens to also be there. So they steal it back. And Captain Ron helps them do that in a 57 Chevy, which was pretty awesome. I love the the old cars from, you know, in Cuba because of the embargo and stuff. But then Martin forgets to put oil in the boat so the engine dies and they actually have to, to get away, use their sailing skills. And at this time, Ron has faked an injury. He tells them that he broke his leg so he can't help. 
Martin has to save the day. And he does. Meanwhile, I mean, yeah, I mean, he does, but also Ron does secretly call for help. (laughs) He's like, mayday, mayday to the Coast Guard. That ending, speaking of, was very reminiscent of Overboard with the Coast Guard coming and, and, you know, him being (laughs) Pretty soon we'll see Goldie Lawn jumping overboard in her gold dress. Archie. Yeah. There was some mirror images going on with that ending. Mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, it did end. There was a payoff. There was a, this is one of those movies. What was the other one? It's reminiscent. um, I want to say Backdraft, where the ending, it was like a series of endings, not just one ending, but it was like, oh, we thought we got the end. Oh, we thought we got the end. Oh, we thought, I might be thinking of the wrong movie, but. I know I've covered another movie like that. So, yeah. So then there's this heartfelt goodbye to Captain Ron. He can finally come back to the U.S. because of the statute of limitations has expired for, you know, whatever he has done in the U.S. up until then. Then he disappears. Then we see the family. Or no, first we see Captain Ron, right? Now he's with a new couple. Right? Very very Miami-esque in his ponytail and his Miami Vice suit that he has on. Yeah. Within within hours, he's embraced the Miami Vice, Miami vibe and has found this new couple. I mean, it's literally within hours. Yeah, I I don't I guess I hadn't put it together that this is supposed to be the same day or or if this is meant to be. I don't know. Either way, you're right. He's cleaned up. At least we he's not, he's cleaned up his look. He doesn't have the eye patch anymore. He just has sunglasses. He looks nicer. But he starts in, it's kind of cute because we see him doing the same things that we saw him do when he first, first meets the Harvey family. He, like um, the husband says something like, oh, Barbara, do you think we'll be able to do that one day? Ron, Captain Ron meets her and he's like, hey, Babs. You know, so he immediately does the nickname again. Then the family, to your point earlier, they're pulling into Miami. And they're like, how about we don't? And so yeah. we they're just continuing their adventure forever? I guess so. Their children's education be damned. But also, they had jobs. I mean, I don't, I didn't get the I sense. Know, and a house. Yeah, and they get out independently wealthy in the fact that part of the first uh, scene of the movie is, oh, we can sell this boat and pay off the credit card bills and get out from under the second mortgage. So that gives Mm -hmm. me the impression that these are not people who have a nest egg and can live indefinitely on a boat not working. And remote work is not a thing yet, audience. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) that's been in time on a computer down below. Four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, so yeah, so there was some inconsistencies in the ending, but whatever. You know, it's it, it ended. It's a great to that point. I actually, so I'm not usually like all in favor of a sequel, but it was a great movie ending. But I think what we needed was a sequel to this. Obviously, it lost money, so that's why they didn't. But I'd really like to see. 
what they're up to now, as well as Captain Ron. Do they somehow run into each other and get up to more adventure together? Like, I want to see what the six months later picture looks like. Yeah, you know, maybe Captain Ron is being pursued by the Cuban militia, and now the Harvey family has to save him, and hijinks ensue. Um, absolutely, Katie. Well, yeah, there, there's our yeah. opening. There's our opening. There's our opening for start writing, writing it, it, Shannon. Let's get this down. Hey, studio execs, remember that movie from 1992 that lost money? Well, we've got a sequel to it. We are going to totally redeem all of you and make it's the blockbuster that you anticipated. Yep. It's like if somebody wrote a Oy. sequel to Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but. It was actually filmed in Puerto Rico and Chicago, and I do appreciate those touches. It's probably why mm -hmm. it costs money, like costs twenty four million. But the film had so Captain Ron was not its original title. Originally, it was Martin Harvey takes a cruise, which is awful. So that's terrible. Then okay. don't rock the boat, which would have been okay. And the then also on the Wanderer before mm. it was finally released as Captain Ron. Mm -hmm. They made the right choice. I agree. Shannon, did you know that this was the third? This is one of it wasn't the third one of three movies where Kurt Russell dons an eye patch. Were you aware of that? I was not aware of that. What were the other two? Escape from New York, which is a pretty famous movie, uh -huh. and his, and then its sequel. So that was from 1981, Escape from New York. He, and his character's name is Snake Plissken. He reprises his role as Snake Plissken in the sequel from 96, Escape from LA. Now I do and then remember Captain Ron. Never saw them, but I do remember them. I did, I did not know he wore an eye patch. And what's mm -hmm. thing when you asked me earlier, like, you know what I thought about this movie and I was talking about laugh out loud moments. The first time I laughed out loud in watching this movie again was when he's sleeping and he had moved the eye. <laughs> so <it's> Yes. <laughs> they think he's dead. He's dead. Because his glass eye. But as a child, I remember thinking that the joke was that he slept with his eyes open. Not thinking about the glass oh, no. eye. <laughs> he slept with his eyes open, and that's the joke, you know? No. Also, I did quite enjoy the shower scene that they get stuck in the shower. Um, that's a little bit racy. There was some nudity. Yeah. There was nudity. Yeah. 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 What's her face? Yeah. She, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Is this PG or B? You said PG-13, so. And it, yeah. PG-13. It was not overt, but it was there. That was a funny mm -hmm. scene, though, as well. Short mm -hmm. does slapstick physical comedy pretty well. I think that goes back to his, like, and grimly. <laughs> he he does. And it, he was pretty big at this time, right? This was his, like, late 80s, early 90s. Was that Martin Short's time? I think so. I mean, he wasn't on Saturday Night Live anymore. Because he, he did a stint on Saturday Night Live, right? Or, yeah. I think so. Yeah. 
Um, but he also did a movie, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I think it's around this time called Clifford. Have you ever seen that movie where he plays a twelve-year-old boy? Mm-mm. I I encourage oh, you to watch that because it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but I don't. Um, Charles Gordon is in it. He plays he plays his uncle, and Mary Steenburgen is in it. Oh, I like is her. It, yeah. Again, one of those movies that when I was like 11, 12, would have watched over and over. As an adult, I'm curious to see how I would react to it. So maybe I need to pop, find that video cassette somewhere <laughs> fit into the VCR. I, I I bet it's not as great as you remember. That, that, that happens a lot. Yeah. One of the things that I found fascinating, get this, according to John Dwyer, one of the movie's screenwriters... Martin Short was originally cast as Captain Ron and Kurt Russell was supposed to play the family man. But uh, this again, this is according to John Dwyer, Short and Russell got drunk one night and decided to switch roles. I don't know how true that is, but that's what John Dwyer said. It would have Wild. been a yeah, completely different movie because I don't feel like Martin Short has any sex appeal whatsoever. And that was part of the storyline mm-hmm. of Captain Ron. Yeah. 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 I feel yes. part of the story. It would have been She wants amazing. my manhood. Yeah. <laughs> Clarice or whatever her name is. It would have been a very different movie. And and I, I know they would have really have had to pull out put out their acting chops to make people believe Martin Short was the the stud and Kurt Russell was the you know, the mm-hmm. mild mannered suburbanite husband. Yeah. Also, um, what we talked about on the show, actually, is so Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, the director, John Carpenter, they have one of those relationships like a De Niro Scorsese. You know, they do a lot of Mm -hmm. movies together. Mm -hmm. Well, when Kurt Russell was cast to do this, apparently John Carpenter was nearly called in to direct um, because he really likes Kurt. But he admits that he would have said yes, but mostly just to shoot in the Caribbean. Like, he had no interest in making the movie other than that. <laughs> but he did not direct. Interesting. Again, a very different mm-hmm. movie, I'm sure. It would have been. I wonder, yeah, now I wonder, I wonder Maybe what that would have been action. like. Yeah, it could have been. There might have been mm-hmm. more action um, in the movie. Well, there was a lot of action. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you got when you finally got to the part where they were hijacked by the pirates or the um, the gorillas, but I guess yeah, um, as far I, I just feel like maybe there would have been more chase scenes or things like that if Carpenter had directed it. But I could be wrong. No, that's a good point. That speaking of the gorillas, I freaking that's actually loved that. It's not. Go, Rillas. Go, Rillas. <laughs> hey, uh, stay on the path there. Watch out, for the, watch out for the gorillas. There are no gorillas in the Caribbean. Okay. He could have said freedom fighters, not gorillas. Oh, my God. Was, that was another. Yeah. That Lots was another. of gags like that. Yeah, gags. A lot of gags. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like Martin Short is known for. Good point. Uh, another little bit of trivia is, um, I don't know if I would have noticed it had I not read this in advance. So I'm curious if you, so if you did, 
there are two points in which Captain Ron is driving a car. He pulls up in that yellow car that ends up going into the ocean. And then when they're in Cuba and he's driving the red 57 Chevy, right? Right. Both of those cars have the left headlight out, which is the same eye that he has as a patch. Did you notice notice that? No. No. I wouldn't. I did because I had read that in advance of watching the movie. But yeah, that was a nice little touch. It is a nice touch. Um, And maybe they wanted more people to notice it because in the little yellow car, there's no need for the lights to be on the headlights because he pulled up during the day. You know, I should say it's like busted out. That, oh, that's busted how we can out. see it. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, like no, busted out. Yeah. I didn't notice that. The little <laughs> Easter eggs are always fun. Uh, you know? I agree. The significance, yeah. Apparently, a lot of uh, Captain Ron's personal wardrobe came came from Kurt Russell's closet. And uh, his, like, mannerisms... At like being piratey, wearing the speedo was suggested by Russell, which is kind of surprising to me, actually. Really? Because again, His, I, yeah, I, I see him as a comedic actor who's kind of like goofy, you know. Uh, is I guess, but like his wardrobe, I just don't like. Why would Kurt Russell have those clothes? I, I mean, wait, he probably spends a lot of time just. If he doesn't have to dress up, he doesn't. He doesn't want to. One, and speaking of wardrobe, I wanted to mention I really liked his. I hope this is his. Now that you're saying this, that Jamaican flag, um, the colors of the of the Jamaican flag, that hat, uh, that he wears at the like the, like Rasta, the hat? Rasta hat, Rasta hat, yeah, yeah, I really liked. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. that you said that, I'm like, oh, I hope that was his because it really added. But I feel like it might touch. It did, and it's to your point about that. Good good point it that tells us everything his appearance alone tells us everything we need to know about who this person is like at first sight of him yes Mm -hmm. i think they're a very he and his wife or partner um are a very laid-back couple they don't embrace like the hollywood lifestyle and you know just when they're not Mm -hmm. making movie they're just mom and dad and grandpa and grandma yeah which is cool i get that vibe from them also and I love, I feel like I say this a lot. I love that A, they're not married and B, that she's something like seven or eight years older than he is, mm-hmm. which is unusual, especially in Hollywood. But also that's, it makes more sense that way because men die sooner, you know? Yeah. So really to, to maximize your time with a person, the woman should be older, right? Yeah, that's good math. Good math. <laughs> mm-hmm. You like that? <laughs> now that I'm getting older, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of trivia is who was considered in terms of like alternate casting. I thought this would have been hilarious. Tom Arnold was considered for the role of Captain Ron. I didn't. Lack of... Uh... Physical sex appeal. Yeah, sex appeal. Yeah. But again, like I was not physically attracted to Captain Ron, like at all. But I see what you're saying. Like he was kind of a ladies' man. Yeah, you had to believe it. Even if you weren't attracted to him, you had to believe that 
ladies were attracted to him because that was mm-hmm. the whole point of, of Martin's insecurity. And, you know, you had to yeah. believe that he would. Yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't see. True. Yeah. He, he ultimately was passed over because at that time he didn't have a lot of movie acting experience. And he had like a time commit. He was on the Roseanne show because he was married to Roseanne yeah. at the right. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Bridges was also considered, but he had other commitments. It's very like Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges. So uh-huh. I could sort of see that yeah. a little bit. And he did, you know, comparing his character in the, the big, the dude in the Big Lebowski, and Kurt Russell's character in Captain Ron. There are similarities in those two individuals. Yeah, you know, as far as their personality, very laid and, back. Yeah, and their um, uh, gestures and actions. Um, so I could see, I could see that. I still think that Kurt Russell is more attractive than Jeffrey. Oh, a bazillion times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Kurt Russell is very attractive, ordinarily, just not as Captain Ron. Martin, do you have any guesses for who was considered to play Martin other than Martin Short? Can you think of other people kind of like him? In the 90s? Um, yeah. The only person that's maybe coming to mind, and this is probably just my association uh, because of their partnership now, would be Steve Martin. Um. You know, he, 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 he was also, one. He was one he considered. Was one. Um, and yeah, maybe he was one of them considered. Interesting. And maybe Bill Murray, just because of the time and like the types of movies Bill Murray was doing at that time. I can see why you say that, but he wasn't okay. um, partially because he had like literally done What About Bob the year before. Yeah, which so is like kind yeah, of the same should, movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just he would just be playing a different. He would be playing the, the straight mm-hmm. man character. Yeah, Steve Martin. I can't think of anybody else. Uh, who 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 else am I missing? So apparently it was originally written for Chevy Chase, oh. which I can see. It's very yeah. Lampoons-esque in that way. Uh-huh. Um, but somebody that, who I think is very Martin Shorty is Rick Moranis. Oh, he was asked to play. Yeah. Yeah. He had too many other commitments and... And he went away, for those of you who maybe don't recall this, his um, wife died of cancer, so he kind of left Hollywood to raise his kids. Mm-hmm. So that's what he was doing at this time. And apparently they were on SCTV together, he and Martin Short. Is that the Canadian? The Are they Canadian both Canadian? Saturday- yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the Canadian Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live. I know Martin Short is Canadian. I guess I didn't know that Rick Moranis was Canadian or performed in Canada. Yeah, I I kind of don't think I realized that either. Also considered Billy Crystal, John Candy, Richard oh. Dreyfus, and oh. this one is one who I would John Ritter was also considered. I think he would do a really good job. He I can see him doing yeah. this. I could see him doing this. Absolutely. I think uh, John Candy would have been funny, but he also did. Uh, what was that one where they like get the summer sh- summer rental or something? He's kind of that character, or summer summer house. Oh rental. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, those were interesting uh, choices. Now, does it say um, where you're getting this information? If they turned it down, or and they just landed on Martin Short, he's the one that raised his hand and said, "Sure, I'll do it. I'm not busy." Or if like they lined him up and said, "This guy right here," and then everybody went away. Saying, 
the ones that didn't get picked. <laughs> they were like, oh no. <laughs> to win away that. Well, they wanted, so I'm, Chevy Chase turned it down because apparently okay. it was originally written for him. Rick Moranis turned it down. So these are people who were offered. And then those others um, probably auditioned but didn't make it. Billy yeah. Crystal, Steve Martin, John Ritter, John Candy, and Richard Dreyfuss. Because Martin ultimately ended up with the role. Martin Short. I bet that's what they're going to put on their tombstone. My biggest regret is not landing Captain Ron. <laughs> Captain Ron. Yeah, they're, after they see it, they're like, oh, shoot. Good thing I was passed over for that one. <laughs> now, uh, let's see. I have not seen this movie. Have you seen Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery? Yes, I have. Very it's good. Not as good as, good as The Knives Out, the original which I think is just a masterpiece. Um, Glass mm-hmm. Onion was was pretty good. Um, it's interesting. You know, I like the I've characters. heard that. Yeah. I have heard similar things from other people, so that's why I haven't been, like, racing to see it. But Noah Segan, or Sagan, uh, he said that he cited the character of Captain Ron as an inspiration for his performance as Daryl in that film. Interesting. I'm not sure Who's, that do you remember who Daryl is. No, and not it's D E R O L. D E R O L. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know the character. Um, I don't know if he's one of the main cast. Um, but I'll go back and look. That's interesting. Well, I hope somebody. Yeah, he was like, "Let me just do." No one's going to remember Captain Ron, so let me just do that. We're being a little hard on this. If you haven't seen it, I would say see it, but maybe don't buy it. I don't know. You know, it's it's not one that you're going to revisit over and over again. But I will say I would love to leave all of my responsibilities behind and go sailing around the world forever. But unfortunately, it is a movie and not real life. So we must Now return to present day reality. Shannon, thank you for joining me to relive 1992 and the wild ride of a movie. Uh, Captain Ron, do you have any closing thoughts about the movie? No, just to echo what you said, Katie, we are being a little bit hard hard on it. Um, But it is a movie that I do remember from my childhood. And I would I would recommend seeing it at least once just for the nostalgia of the early 90s and it is, you know, for for someone who is um, a sailor or has been sailing or is familiar with the terms of sailing, I think it would resonate. Um, some of the the mm-hmm. comedy in it would definitely would definitely come off as as humorous and entertaining to someone who has been exposed to being on a boat or can get some of the idiosyncrasies and subtleties of of sailing themselves. So, yeah, absolutely, I say watch it at least once and. Maybe tell Katie your thoughts. Yes, please do. And thank you all for listening or watching on YouTube. To Shannon's point, if you have thoughts, comments, feedback, etc., email me at retromadepodcast at gmail.com. Comment on YouTube and head on over to the Retromade Podcast Facebook page. Until next time, be kind. Rewind. (laughs) 